There it is. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Did the microphone drink into? I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can Your we favorite get that part. on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim Chris Sale, Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. There it is. This is Late Night Shots, where we talk about sports late at night. We'll take a couple late night shots. And I'm guessing that came through the mic. Hopefully it did. It was Brad pouring a nice, frothy beverage. Uh, High class. (laughs) Chris, Brad, and Landon here tonight. How's it going, fellas? Good. Awesome. (laughs) As you could hear by Brad's cracking and pouring of his Rainier. Pronounce Ranier. Oh, sorry. It's fancy. Getting them vitamins in. One of my favorite things is still Keenan's on the pier. It says vitamin R on their menu, which is just fantastic. Oh, that is amazing. And it comes in bottles, so you can play the, the bottle cap game. Nice. Yeah. So, Mulligan for this one. What do you guys got? <laughs> Can we do a reverse mulligan? Yeah, I was going to say, sure. like, go the, for it. The Pittsburgh Steelers being super happy that I'm yeah. dealing with it. That Antonio Brown. <laughs> That's what I was just going to suggest is they're like, wow, we dodged a bullet. I mean, we took that bullet for a few years, but it won us a lot of games. But it must be nice being able to just finally with him and Brown, or Brown and Bell gone, like, yeah, the on-the-field production is not there, but to be able to just go to training camp and just work and not have to worry about, like, oh, what what's the fight going to be about today? What's the story? What ridiculous thing am I going to have to go home and explain to my wife today? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so it, that that's got to be amazing, right? I'm so conflicted with the Steelers. It's like, I'm happy that Brown and Bell are gone. But at the same time, it's like, I wish all that dysfunction was in Pittsburgh to derail their season. Yeah, Tomlin was starting to lose the locker room. Yeah. And I think this may have helped him sort of... There was talk of him getting fired. Yeah. I think this may have helped him sort of get things back in order or at least get the appearance of being in order to kind of quell some of that talk i hope i used the word quell right <laughs> good enough um, <laughs> like the quell jackson yes okay that's that, his name right yeah all right because what what is it tomlin's been their third coach in 40, 40 four years. years something like that it was chuck Knoll. then uh uh he was there the for chin 20 uh-huh. something years and then cower was there for eight Team? No. Because that equals way more than 40 if you add in Tomlin's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was it 15, 15, and 15? Something like that? Since 1969, they've had three coaches. So Chuck Knoll was there from 69 to 91. Cower was 92 to 06. And Tomlin was from 07 to present. How long did you say Knoll was? 24? Uh, yeah. So you were off by a year. And then you said 15 with Cower? 
Yeah, and he was... So you're right, I think. 92 to 06. I think that's 14 So it's been seasons. almost 50 years they've had three coaches. Uh, it has been 50 years. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah, 69. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Um, that's insane. Versus... The Cleveland Browns have had 50 quarterbacks in the last 10 years. I, I was going <laughs> to say uh, the Browns went through like a five-year stretch where they had like seven coaches or something like that. Not good. So Boogie had had... Two and a half times as many head coaches his time in Sacramento as the Steelers have had since 1969. That is insane. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, reverse mulligan. I like Just, it. Of them being happy. Yeah. All right. Well, at least they're happy. I don't know if I am. But if you want to take advantage of your mulligan, you can head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots for a free small bag of range balls. Uh, you can check out their Cleveland and Shrixon clubs and apparel. And you can check out Shrixon Demo Day on August 27th from 2 to 5 p.m. Um, it's also shoe month at Homestead. So if you're looking for some new golf shoes, they're 30% off while supplies last. So make sure to head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. You may not have needed to add the p.m. I don't think anyone's showing up there between 2 and 5 a.m. They uh, just might. I've gotten there at like 5.30 a.m. before. That is not between 2 and 5. No, it is not. But it is on my list. It says 2 to 5 p.m., so I set it. <laughs> AFC North. That's right. So, so do we, should we just start from the bottom? Now we're here. Again, that joke will never get old, for the record. No, it will not. Gosh. Which is funny, because I hate Drake so much. So does all of Toronto. And all of humanity. Yeah. All right, so with the NFC North episode, the last one that we released, we started with the bottom, and it was unanimous. It was the Lions. We all agreed on it. And I think it's the same with this one, right? Yes, except I have this, I have the Bengals winning as many games as you and Landon combined. What? The king of the north? What? Oh, yeah, he has them at 2 and 14. 2 and yeah. 14. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Once it's again, like, I was wow. looking at Alex, and I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. Okay, 2 and 14. So you have them tied for the worst record in all of football. Because they are bad. Oh, they are. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they have a quarterback that they don't even know if they want anymore. Yep. So as soon as they start out slow, what's to stop them from just sitting him luckily they've been they've been in one year options for the last three years and have one year options for the next two but typically with teams such as the Bengals and the dolphins when they're horrible like this you tend to play younger guys and sit your vets which i could totally see the Bengals doing why not like they have no like if they're even mildly realistic they know they have no chance of playoffs this year so why not find out what you have with your younger guys that's why i'm surprised they haven't put aj green on injured reserve yet he's not going to be out oh i guess you can do the six week thing yeah, yeah. which like, you designated you for do the IR, yeah you could yeah. do the ir boomerang for him but well no there's the oh but if you put him on the the pup right now you can bring him back after the sixth game yeah. right because then the, the boomerang one is 10 weeks. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought right. designated for return, whatever. That's, yeah, yeah 10 weeks. Or but week 10, they can come so back. Like, well, Or week 11, no, they it's, can come back. No, it's 10 weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Because it can happen in like week 4, and then you can bring them back in week 13 or 14. Oh, okay, or so it's just a 10-week yeah. total. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the reason that I had them higher win total than you guys, I have no faith in them. 
But, um, you know, if you look at the talent they have at receiver and just the speed they have, assuming everyone's healthy, they still have Eifert, am I not? No, they do. Okay, yeah. So assuming Eifert can stay healthy, they have John Ross and A.J. Green, which is one of the faster, taller receiver duos in the league. So, I mean, that sort of gives you like a puncher's chance. It's not good that they both already have injuries listed next to their names. I'm so shocked. Because A.J. Green's going to be out for a while. John Ross is questionable. Which See, I don't. It should have just been put by his name when he was drafted, yeah. because that's how it's been since then. I don't like the whole. Like I understand why the league did it, but for my own personal selfish reasons, I wish they would just bring back probable as an injury oh, yeah. status because questionable. They used probable. to have probable, questionable, doubtful, and that was sort of like probable means like all right, it's something that may be nagging, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but they got rid of probable because it doesn't really make sense in terms of, um, you know, just thinking of actually playing and not like as far as fantasy football or whatever. Then it's like, all right, well, the entire league, like no one's 100% two, three weeks in. Everyone has some sort of soreness or injury, whatever that could be listed as probable. Yeah, because so wasn't I, Tom Brady on the injury report as probable for like seven years straight or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I get in a sense of practicality and for the football teams why they would do that. But when someone jumps straight to questionable and it's something that would normally be listed under probable, now I'm I'm never sure um, how much weight to put on that. But John Ross has not been fully healthy since ever. He might yeah, have been not while he's been in the NFL. Yeah, I was gonna say he maybe his senior year at UW yeah. or junior, I just, whatever. I don't know what year he came out after his junior year. Yeah, yeah. So, but you really think they still have enough on that team to get to six wins? I think once they start airing it out and just going kind of like. Once you get to a point where you're like, all right, well, let's let's just, you know, go balls out and try it because we got nothing else to do. Um, I think they have enough to catch a couple teams off guard or catch someone on a bad day or do whatever. I think they're probably a four-win team with enough talent to sort of bump them up and, you know, win a couple games that we don't expect them to win. Isn't yeah, they're gonna do that twice this year? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. He's not there anymore. Marvin Lewis is gone, and they have Zach. Oh, I thought you meant Ben Jarvis Zach Green. Taylor. Zach Taylor, the quarterbacks coach from the Rams. Wait, Zach Taylor? I was thinking of Zach Thomas. I was like, the linebacker from Miami is the quarterbacks coach. Yeah. But, yeah. QB coach from the Rams, because you know it was all about hiring Sean McVay's friends. This offseason. Yeah. Hire a 35-year-old who's been a quarterback coach for a year. Just way to bangles it, which, I mean, it makes me happy. Well, I mean, they hired uh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, because that helped. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they clearly will just hire anyone for any reason at any time. Yeah. They hired Hugh Jackson, and he that was actually how he helped the Browns get their first win. Jeez. He is really, like, he was an assistant wide receivers coach in 2017, then became a quarterback coach, and now he's a head coach. He interviews well. That's what I assume. <laughs> I just, I can't see the Bengals being good. There's just not enough talent anywhere besides maybe if the receivers are healthy. They have Geno Atkins. They're fine. Yeah, he's like 304. Pounds and years. <laughs> one of them is under. One of them is over. You can figure it out. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know how old Geno Atkins is. He's something only 31. T- I was going to say, something tells me he's not as old as he seems like he is. It's so I'm it's, older than Geno Atkins. Guys. By two and a half months. Yeah, but the guys who play on one team, I feel like it makes you feel like they're older than they are because we assume people spend time elsewhere and then you're like, well, I've seen him in a Bengals jersey for seven years. Yeah. I knew he'd uh, been there his whole career. I just yeah. thought he'd been there longer. But yeah, Shows what I know. Guess I should pay more attention yeah. to the Bengals. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever said that. And they got, well, Andy Dalton probably said that, and he's like, "Nah, never mind." <laughs> um, uh, once they win a playoff game, maybe I'll pay attention to them. Uh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> so Alex is four and twelve, as am I. Brad, you're six and ten. Landon's two and fourteen, and Vegas is six wins. So you're right in line with Vegas, Brad. Woo! America, yeah. Yes. Um, what team do you guys want to go to next? Do you just want to go up the list? Yeah, Vegas let's style? Go up the, let's go up the list. All right. This one made me very nervous because everyone has the Ravens with double-digit wins. Yeah, and that's actually more wins than I thought I was going to give them. Um, I don't think their schedule is that tough. And that's sort of, again, like I wasn't really thinking about the overall picture. I just went through and picked each game. I do think this year they're going to, like I've said multiple times, they seemed like they were really protecting Geno Smith last year and not not Geno Smith. (laughs) Lamar Jackson. Wow. Freudian slip. Um, Lamar Jackson and not letting him sort of expose himself or whatever you want to call it with throwing game. I think they're going to let him open it up more yeah. now. He'll be more well, familiar with it. You can't not. open it up less. Well, you'd be surprised because Harbaugh said they are going to do things with the run game that haven't been seen since like the 50s, and they plan on breaking. Three yards in a cloud of dust. Well, like inside options and all these weird like wing tee handoffs. And, oh, okay. And so they – I think the last seven, once he came in, they had the most rushes per game of any team since the 70s. Yeah. And they're looking to increase on that. So if they Uh do, if they're getting like 48, 50 rushes a game, that'll be an all time NFL high. So I'm not crazy. I'm not sure how to feel about that because on one hand, it's like, all right, well, the NFL is moving towards being a passing league, so if you can run, that is not what most people are building their defenses mm-hmm. for. And I think the stat was that teams play out of nickel. Uh, they play with five or more defensive backs like 
57% of the time or something now. Like, they don't play a standard. Yeah. There's none um, of that, like, old bear defense. Yeah, like the, the like two, a, five, two, two six or whatever it was. Yeah, the 2-5 or the 5-2. Yeah. They hardly ever even play out of a 3-4 or a 4-3 anymore. It's all nickel, like a 3-3-1. Three, three, or it, no, wait. It is. Yeah. It's like a... It's like a 2-4, but your outside guys are still just like edge rushers. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's a weird so type like of a, thing. So if you're playing against defenses that are mostly not built to defend it, mm-hmm. that is a good way to go. But then the other part of me remembers, you know, when the Dolphins did the Wildcat, and it worked, and it caught a lot of people off guard for six, seven weeks. And then it was the worst offensive decision anyone could make after that because people caught on and they're like, all right, well, we know where this one's going. So I, I don't see that being. So I think it'll come down to the coaching and the play calling is like if you're doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Um, or if it becomes one of those things where people can do what the Chargers did in the playoffs and just put eight guys in the box. Yeah. I think the Ravens did a lot on offense to get around that and that they do have a ton of running backs who can do stuff. They got they got it Ingram in. They drafted Justice Hill. They still have Gus the Bus and Kenneth Dixon. That's four running backs who could play really well. Yeah, easily. Um, Five if you count Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Six if you count RG3. <laughs> Seven if you count McSorley. Ooh, so they could run the wildcat. With like two running backs and Lamar Jackson and RG three in the backfield, no one would know where the ball's going. It's gonna be like the thing you if, always joke about, where you have three quarterbacks in the backfield, but it's Lamar, RG three, and Trace McSorley. It's like, are they gonna run? Are they gonna throw? Nobody knows. <laughs> then it gets snapped off to the side to Taysom Hill, who they just traded for, <laughs> just randomly. Oh. Um, I really like their offense. Um, they let go crabtree who had the most drops in the nfl or tied for the most last year um yeah they drafted hollywood brown i know he's little but learning how to run routes from ab is a huge help his cousin yeah yeah Yeah. um for some reason they have a ton of tight ends they actually list two tight ends on their starting depth chart which is probably the only team in the nfl to do that um they might as well because they're going to be yeah. they're gonna need the extra blocking. And then also that's a real easy way to peel off someone for a quick like on an option mm-hmm. or any sort of read or maybe a bootleg. Um, when you do lots of those touch blocks with Jackson rolling out and it's like, well, I can either he got that block enough for me to get eight yards or I can dump it off to him for eight yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what I think is the most dangerous play in the NFL um, when you have a mobile quarterback where you kind of roll him out and then you have a tight end doing a, like a drag route Mm -hmm. and it makes the linebacker or whoever's covering, he has to either commit to covering the route or come up to play against the run. And the second he comes up to play against the run, you just lob it over his head to the, that is, you can do that all day long yeah so if you if you're running two tight ends you can do that to either side of the field um i think the offense could work i do like quarterbacks to be able to throw the ball so i'd like to see 
I mean, 50... Jackson be allowed to throw the ball more or and it's not that he wasn't allowed to throw the ball last year it was a lot of them were designed runs and that was well, that, the play well that's what i'm saying is being allowed to it felt like they were sheltering him like they I didn't want to i didn't see that at all last year it was a lot of designed runs and is on that, on the if they're calling plays that asked him not to throw isn't that no because when i think of not throwing the ball i think of him always taking off on pass plays oh no but that's him protecting himself i'm saying like it seemed like the coaching staff was trying to keep him from um having to use too much of the playbook or having to do whatever from the pocket so they i don't think they he was called though, because runs. it was still over 25 passes a game for him which is still a good amount especially with how much like they ran a lot of plays on offense and he was still passing the ball a decent amount like 58 percent over 25 passes a game it's still a good amount of passing for a rookie quarterback who's being thrown into it in the middle of the season. And it's about what he's doing in camp. And from what I'm reading about what he's doing in camp, and well, he's he's throwing really good. Like yeah. like I said, I, I think they will open up the playbook more to him. And I I don't think you're going to see like him to pass any more this season. I think it's going to be low 20s a game. I don't think it's going to be any more because it's just not what you – it's not that you're sheltering him or anything like that. It's that – you're taking advantage of the fact that he is always one of the most athletic people on the field. Yeah. And especially when you look at that he had the second most rush attempts by any quarterback in a season or something last year. And it was in seven games. Like, obviously they do want him to run less because that's a lot to put on your quarterback because he's going to get winded and it leads to, like, obvious handoffs and things like that. Because, like, Landon, you know this. When Cam has a 25-yard run, chances are they're running the ball in the next play. Because he's tired, he's not going to throw the ball. Yeah. And so you don't want to run in that into that too often because then you're coming into a young quarterback who's going to be seeing eight in the box because he just ran it. So it's like, well, you're trying to pressure him into maybe changing the call or getting only two yards on this run. Well, and the other thing that you and I have talked about, Chris, is if you're not going to change the fundamentals of the offense, which it sounds like they haven't for the most part when it comes to the run game, you've now given defensives and defensive coordinators a whole offseason to game plan for it. I think he's going to throw more than low 20s. I think there are going to be games when he's putting it up 30-some times because he's going to need to loosen up the defense. If they really are planning on running it 50-some times a game... And there's not going to be enough plays to throw it no, 30 times. I don't think I mean, they're going to run it 50 sometimes. I mean, they could say I mean, this doesn't. To, yeah. This but. doesn't mean like we're excluding short play action passes. Yeah. Because if you are mm-hmm. running the ball that much and you're doing it effectively, the play action is going to be your best friend. Yeah. And that the play action, it's been shown the last few years, like every team should run it more than they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but And the weird thing is a lot of people – a lot of teams, it seems like they avoid the play action because they don't have a strong run game. But you can you can use the play action to build your run game mm-hmm. by just continuing to go to it for passes, and then no one pays attention to the run when you actually do hand it off. Yeah, so it's like the um, reverse so you, psychology type. Yeah, thing. you can use the play action to build your run if you're smart with it, or you can use it the way it's meant to be, which is you get them to bite on the run and you get some wide-open receivers. Yeah. yeah. And I think all the running that it really does look like the Ravens are going to do serve two things. It's helping the young quarterback get comfortable and just 
slowly learn the offense at NFL speed. Isn't that another term for protecting him? No, I don't think so. But really, it seems like what I would do if I had a young quarterback that I wanted to ease into the game. I think easing in and protecting are two different things, though. Isn't that the same thing? I don't think so. Not at all. Easing in and protecting him. Like, you're protecting him from forcing him to, like, have to just go out and do things he's not comfortable with. And you wait until he's more comfortable with the with the playbook and with his abilities and all of that. But I don't think they're protecting him from anything because they're still... Like, protecting using... isn't a negative thing. I know. I think... But I just don't think they are because they're still asking him to do quite a lot for a young quarterback. Um, but the bigger part of it that I see is the Ravens lost a lot of defenders and a lot of snaps off the defense. I think it was... They lost five starters. Um, they did bring in Thomas and everything from camp. I know it's camp and it's early is that he looks healthy and he looks good. But if they're able to run the ball a lot and chew up clock, that it's going to help that young, inexperienced defense to not have to be on the field for 30, 35 minutes a game. If they're on the field 25 minutes a game, that's going to be huge for them. And that maybe it can make opposing offenses be a little antsy to like want to make things happen. And trying to throw on the Ravens is not going to be easy. Because I think they were voted by, was it Football Outsiders? Who was it? Uh, they were voted best secondary in football this year. It makes it pro sense. football focus. Yeah, pro football focus. Any, anytime you like, I'll just say two names: Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas. Yeah, and uh, it's you got Jefferson not to and mention, Thomas. Uh, do they still have Carr? Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have Tony Jefferson and Earl Thomas in the second er, safety, yep. and then you have Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, um, and Jimmy Smith at corner, and Tavon Young. Like, that is a great six guys to have back there. And it's just going to be hard to throw on so them. So you have two top ten corners um, and a and Tavon, someone who well, might. three, because I think Tavon Young grades as like a top ten nickel corner or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Thomas, I would still argue, is one of the best safeties mm-hmm. in football. And. Like you can see all the stats I, say about top three safety. Yeah. You can see all the stats about when he was in on the Seahawks and when he wasn't. I mean, obviously in. behind Kevin Byard, but <laughs> um, <laughs> when he was in versus when he wasn't in on the Seahawks on opposing quarterback rankings, when they throw into like areas that safeties occupy, how opposing quarterbacks when Thomas were in were like bottom three, and when he was out there like top three. Yeah, that's a huge difference. It's a huge yeah. difference, but. Also, he's older, coming off the injuries and all that. I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, the one thing I agree with Dave Gettleman on is a pass rush is leaving can, Carolina is a pass rush can make a secondary look fantastic. Yeah. Without a pass rush, it doesn't matter how good of a cover, especially in the NFL today, it doesn't yeah, matter mm-hmm. how good of a safety yeah, or cover. cover corner you are. If you don't get a pass rush on a quarterback, you're going to get shredded. Gonna say, yeah. Coverage sacks are not very frequent. So, and especially, especially not nowadays. Especially though. now that you can challenge PIs and crap like that. Yeah. Do the Ravens, in your opinion, have enough of a pass rush? Besides one game that we don't talk about on this podcast anymore last year, they didn't have a great pass rush. Suggs is 36. There it is. 100 years old now. They let him go. Um, is he in Arizona now? Yeah. Because he went to Arizona State. I think that's why he wanted to go to the Cardinals. Yeah. 
That was pretty good. Zardarius um, Smith is gone, and they've just they lost a lot on defense. So that would be CJ Mosley's gone, which yeah. I think is going to be the big one. That's my only concern. Yeah, my only concern is without a pass rush, you can have as many top ten corners, as many top ten safeties as you want in the NFL today. That's hard. Yeah, that's a lot to throw on a group that I'm can't sure they touch could, people. I'm sure they could get Ngakwe. Oh. He, sh- he showed up for camp, didn't he? I think so. Um, but with the Ravens, like they've always been able to find people on defense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to be any different now that Ozzy's not running the show. But it it doesn't look any different so far. I mean, I could ask Gardner Minshew how that oh. pass rush hit last night felt. So. Wasn't that by Kenny Young? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, oh, he that, got that lit. unblocked blitz. <laughs> he got lit up. Anybody who didn't see that. Whew. Just unblock blitz off the do a quick the right side, search. Yeah, off the right side of the O line. Got the helmet right underneath Min, underneath Minshew's helmet, and then he thought Minshew's helmet was the football. <laughs> he tried to pick it up in the end zone to score a touchdown. He got lit. Oh yeah. What he didn't know is Minshew's head was still in the helmet. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. He got lit. Oh. Yeah. But. You guys still make me nervous with 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 10 and 6. And what? Well, I mean, they do get to play the Bengals twice. Yeah. What divisions are they playing? Oh, gosh. I do not know off the top of my head. I can Google it. Um, But everyone but Landon has them winning the division, which also makes me nervous because the Ravens don't win the division that often. Um, It's only been a handful of times in the last. 20 years yeah but i mean they're always they're always good though that's right there i was gonna say they're always right there and they're usually the better of the two wild card teams yeah um if things go to plan and they can control the game clock they always have a fantastic special teams because you have tucker and cook Um, because when your punter can always pin guys and you have tucker and uh their backup kicker with the crazy <laughs> name um, who's likely to get traded, which is cool. Looks like they play the AFC, AFC West and the AFC East. Yeah. And then also the Houston, or the Texans and the Pats. And well, that's from the AFC, the AFC East. Yeah. East. And the Chiefs, sorry. Texans and that's Chiefs. From the, didn't you say AFC East and AFC West? NFC, NFC West and oh, AFC okay. East. Yeah, that's right. Plus the Texans and Chiefs. So it's, it's a fairly... Um, I mean, the NFC West is not a super tough division. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. And the AFC East, with the exception of a team that shall not be named, um, also not super tough. So I could see them. Obviously, I could see them winning 11 games because, yeah. you know, I picked them to win 11 games. I think I'm the only one that has them out of the playoffs, though. Uh, you sir do and you are now dead to me uh-huh. <laughs> just kidding so then dang drop my phone gosh Landon I didn't know Give my a, statement would have that much of an effect on you almost freaking died over here <laughs> um, I guess then we'll get to the team that is probably one of the most hyped in football right now in the Cleveland Browns so overhyped yeah so overhyped I mean their oh. offense looks like it could be one of the most exciting in football I so say so sure it's, but it's a lot, of, a lot of plus side, 
but I do think because I mean everyone, especially for the last like what three four years, they've been like, sorry Alex, but a lot of people have been like, I think this is the Browns' year. Browns are doing it this year. This is the Browns' year. Okay, you mentioned Alex. No. I don't understand how last year he had him in the playoffs, and this year he has him eight and eight. That- Personalities. Alex loves those personalities. So I thought he would have had him at like thirteen and three. I'm I'm with you, but I kind of see why. I mean, I have him nine and seven. Yeah, as I, do I. I I don't think they make the playoffs. I said that before even yeah. mini camp started. I don't I don't see it. I think it's, like you said, a lot of big personalities, a lot of new personalities, and it's just going to be tough to get everything to click and mesh and go together. And you have. Arguably, with everything else going on right now, the second biggest wide receiver diva in the NFL. <laughs> I would probably just put him at first because all of his stuff. AB right now is the biggest wide no, receiver no, diva so, in the NFL. Well, if you would have let me finish my sentence. Not allowed on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because all of Odell's stuff is self in Well, not that AB's isn't self-inflicted, but his is. <laughs> I mean, if he wouldn't yeah. worn, if he would have worn slippers, it yeah. wouldn't have been self-inflicted. So, Odell's stuff is more like, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm trying to do this. AB's stuff is just like, I'm dumb. I don't care about wearing slippers in the uh, thing that gets to negative 25 or whatever. Who is. is dumber? OBJ or AB? AB. I would say OBJ is I, dumber. I agree with you on that one. The dude freaking proposed to a kicking net. Yeah. <laughs> He was doing it for laughs, obviously. The dude's insane. Well, yeah, but all he... of OBJ's stuff to me seems like it comes out of no, like so... really caring for the game because a lot of it happens on the field where you don't ever really hear about anything with him being bad in the locker room. But it's that he's a great locker room guy. The thing is, when he throws a fit because Saquon scored a touchdown instead of him, like when you're mad that your teammate scored a touchdown and it wasn't you, that is a bad sign. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue. That's with not a guy I want on my team. I still would want him over Antonio Brown, though. Like, and then when the rookie has to come over and console you, that is <laughs> that is not a good sign. And his attitude started getting a little um, contagious, and Sterling Shepard was picking up on that towards the end of last year. Although Sterling Shepard probably was just frustrated with not being able to play football at a competent level. I mean... The thing with OBJ though is he had three outstanding years. And also, you then know, he's been hurt. Yeah, and but then he went on a boat and did bad in the playoffs. Is he going to stay healthy? Did you know that Marcus Mariota has more receiving touchdowns in the playoffs than OBJ? So I'm really surprised that <laughs> none of us have the Browns in the playoffs. That is a true fact. Don't you laugh at that? Lord, Google nope. that. Sh- nope, we're stuff. not. We're not doing it. We, You're can, telling we me can that save that's that for, not true. We can save that for your division. It really surprised me. None of us have the Browns in the playoffs. I I don't see it. Like I was saying earlier. Oh wait, never I, mind. Brad does. Yeah. I, I didn't think oh, you did. You have the Browns in the playoffs. I have them at ten wins, which I didn't intend for them to. I intended that for them to just miss the playoffs, but the way I picked everything, they ended up. I think just making it. They were the sixth seed. Yeah. Um. So. Wow. The one thing is, I really like Baker Mayfield. I was highly questionable about him at the beginning of last year, and I was like, why would they have taken him that high? That is ridiculous. 
and then he came out. He just took command of the team, and you could tell he was like willing them to win and getting everyone else into it. You know um, what else he took command of? Winning the quarterback beer chugging challenge. <laughs> Way better than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Have you guys both seen the video of him? Yeah. yeah. For anybody who hasn't looked it up, it was when he was at an Indians game, and he easily wins the quarterback chugging challenge. And I'm s- trying to talk slowly so that Brad can Aaron Rodgers it. He is now half an ounce in. Oh, he had to cut himself off. Oh, he's going back for seconds. And three quarters of an ounce. Oh, he's done. He had All to right. stop. Back to Yari time. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, can't be worse. Yeah. So last team in the division, the Steelers. And um, this. Oh, that's all we're doing on the Browns. I I, I know you're going to go in some weird Mariota tangent. If you, if you can talk no, about the Browns actually, and not I, talk about Mariota, I wasn't. I was just going to mention that they have enough weapons, and I think um, Baker Mayfield has enough of the like follow me, I'll win it for us kind of attitude that I think he can kind of rein things in. There is a lot of personalities, but again, with personalities like that, winning seems to solve everything, so I think it won't be until they you know, get on a two, three game losing streak that things start to fall apart. Um, also, in week seven, they will get Kareem Hunt back. And Say what you will about him off the field. On the field, how dangerous is a backfield that has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Uh, not dangerous if their O-line can't open any holes for him. That's true. And Quick their, passes. Their O-line is horrible. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I, It is thing to mention that on August 9th, August 8th, they traded Duke Johnson Jr., to the Texans. For a fourth round pick. Which With is the, way more than I thought they would get for Duke Johnson. If he is on the roster, an active roster for 10 games, it goes to a third. That's why oh, it's it conditional. conditional? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, which, that is, like, a, I thought a fourth was a lot for Duke Johnson. Which, I feel bad for Duke Johnson, because they kind of refused to use him for a couple years. And then they started to use him a little bit. And then they were like, oh, we got this Nick Chubb guy that's pretty good. It's business. Um, I, again, I'm not blaming anyone because, well, I'm I'm sort of blaming the Browns because they were losing a lot of games for a while and still refused to use the guy who probably was their best running back on the roster. Um, but then last year, like with how Nick Chubb played in the short amount of time he did play, like you can't you can't put in Duke Johnson over mm-hmm. that, and then you get Kareem Hunt. It wouldn't really be fair to him to keep him. No. But a fourth rounder still seems kind of high for a guy. He's been in the league, what, four or five years now? He's been in the league for a while. I want to say he's going into his fifth year. Um, I'm not sure when he was drafted. He's 25, so I think 2015 was his first year. Yeah, so this is his fifth season. What's funny is... Now that he's in Houston, this is the first year of the extension he signed when he was with the Browns. So it's one of those weird deals where the team paid the guy the signing bonus, guaranteed yeah. money, before the con and was gone before the contract started. So a lot of what the Saints did have done with Drew Brees. No, but he's still there. No, but that's why I'm that's why I'm saying like they gave him a lot 
to sign, but the contract isn't over large. No, but I mean, it's it's like with OBJ where they signed the guy to an extension and then traded and then, him away yeah. before the extension even started, but they still had to pay part of the guaranteed money and signing bonus. So I was like, we're basically, giving you this they, money before say, the contract even starts. Basically, they paid money to get rid of him. Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, yeah so um, again, yeah, just my thing about the Browns is a lot of personalities. Again, this is another one of the high ceiling, low floor possibilities. I don't think their floor is as low as um, like the Packers floor, but could be again yeah it all it all varies right because what are the browns going to do if mayfield takes one hit i remember mayfield isn't the biggest guy in the world right so if he gets smoked say one game against the ravens or somebody like that and he's out for an extended period of time i don't see him winning any games or even not even an extended period of time if he's out for two or three games then do you know who their backup is is it still tyrod Drew Stanton. Yeah. Tyrod's in San Diego, or in the, on the Chargers. Is he? Yeah. And then Garrett Gilbert. Who, that yeah. name sounds familiar, but I I couldn't tell you where from. He played at Texas. Okay. That's I was say, he sounds like someone who would play in Texas. He was the... Oh, SMU. He, was the, he transferred to SMU. He yeah. initially signed at Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Played so, for the Panthers last Again, year. like, yeah, this all... Jeez, he's 28. This all depends on injuries and consistency i know jarvis landry wasn't amazing last year he had his up and downs yeah i think he still made the pro bowl because he had enough ups everybody makes the freaking pro bowl now (laughs) but uh yeah so i think i'm a little higher on them than you guys just because of the baker mayfield factor i'm i was really impressed with him last year and his ability to take command of the team I think as long as he can stay healthy, I think they are a 10-win team. Yeah. I don't think they win a single game without him. Like no. Landon said, if he takes one shot, if he's in concussion protocol and they take him out for a game, that's a loss. That's a major crash and burn. Yeah, And so, it's not like Landon and I are that far off because we both have him at nine. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. for some reason, thought you guys were way behind me. So we're all pretty close. It's just funny to me that Alex only has him at eight after having them at nine picking- last year. I feel like for the last like three years, he's been like, yeah, Browns. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Although the previous two years before last year, he was probably just saying that just on the off chance they were decent. Yeah, he likes to just pick one random team, like the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work out? Yeah, but then he looks like a genius when it pans out. So Yeah, but then he, you he just throw the... out the ones where it's like, you picked three to- or four teams, and one of them was right, of course. Yeah. We love you, Alex. Uh Except for next week. It's preseason. Next team. Yeah. All right. So this one is the one that we disagree on the most out of any team in the NFL, I think. Trying to look through all of our predictions here. Landon disagrees with me the most. Yeah. I mean, we have the biggest discrepancy between any two people. Between low and high. Yeah. Yeah. Like double. Uh, Yeah. Trying to, oh, there's one more that is. Oh, there's one more that's higher, and it actually. I know involves, what it is. Yeah. I know what team it is. We'll get to that one. Yeah, because we need to talk episodes. about that one. Yeah, there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be some hands thrown. Yeah, but Brad has a nerve impairment in his shoulder and can't throw hands anymore. So, just like his favorite quarterback. 
<laughs> All right, so the Steelers. Um, yeah, we have a six-game discrepancy between Brad and Landon here. And I guess I have them right in the middle or not. Yeah, right yeah, in the middle right at nine middle. and seven. So everyone knows how much I hate the Steelers. So I'll just leave it to you guys to kind of talk about the bad and the good for what you see with this team. Um, so I had them at six wins just because, yeah. <laughs> um, mainly because, one, they lost. I'm not going to count. Le'Veon Bell is a loss because he didn't play all of last year, and James Conner seemed to do fine in his stead. They did lose A.B., who I think won. He's Antonio Brown. Say what you will about him off the field, but when he's on the field, he is... Um, there's no argument about him being a top three wide receiver. A lot of people make arguments for him being the best wide receiver. I still would probably put Julio in that spot. But... Um, Landon, what was Brown? Was Brown on the top ten in the number in the one hundred? If yeah. he wasn't, he doesn't matter. Nice. He was. He was. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you look at his last what six seasons? He's been above a hundred catches every year. Yeah. And above twelve hundred and eighty yards in every do, season. He does probably have the best hands in the NFL. Uh, you could probably talk to Nuck about an argument there. Yeah. I also talked to him about being uh, the number one receiver in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they did lose Antonio Brown, which is a huge loss on the field. Uh, great gain in the locker room by not having him there. But uh, I think he drew a lot of attention away from Juju, which allowed Juju to have a pretty good year last year. I think with him being really... Um, the main deep threat in Pittsburgh, that's going to draw a lot of attention to Juju and he's not going to be able to put up as many or put up the same numbers. Their defense also didn't play well last year. And I know they drafted Devin Bush, who is a lot like Ryan Shazier, who was the leader of their defense prior to the whole, you know, near paralysis incident. Uh, so their defense could be a lot better and i'm sure ryan shazier has been helping out and watching film with him and all that stuff but i think it's kind of one of those things where they had an off year and then they lost some players so they're gonna need to prove it to me this is between you two guys yeah so i it's sort of like i i think they have the talent and again as much as I don't like him as a person, Big Ben is a good quarterback. Like, so he he is a factor that you can never count them out of any game. But I think they're just sort of they had they stepped back far enough last year, and I don't think they improved enough this year to really I don't really know if they improved this year. I think they're gonna have to prove it to me that they're good enough to be back in the playoff conversation getting rid of a of a team cancer or multiples of them can do dramatic things for a locker room uh yeah like i said huge gain in the locker room getting rid of a b and levy on bell connor connor before he had his concussion connor played outstanding at the running back position um yeah sure you lose a b but 
you have to have, you know, it's the same thing as if you would have got hurt, right? Somebody has to step up. You got Juju, James Washington. Say what you want about preseason. He was tearing it up tonight. Washington's a good receiver. I'm I'm not saying that's why I backed off from saying Juju was their only deep threat to saying he was the main deep threat. I mean, 12 wins, I have probably pushing it, but but I just think that getting rid of those two guys, given, you know, all the drama with the Bell situation last year, and I know Chris is looking at me with disgust for having them at 12 wins right now. <laughs> but um, 12 wins may be pushing it, but I could absolutely see him winning 12 games. Absolutely. I can't. I don't see that much talent on that team. Um, I See, my main issue is with their defense. I don't think there's enough with their enough on their defense to... Devin, and I know the main, Devin Bush is freaking outstanding, I get, even as a rookie. I get that. And the main thing, like the reason their defense fell, like it was visible as soon as Ryan Shazier wasn't there, that their defense yeah. was half of what it could have been. Yep. So I get that Devin Bush is awesome, but he's going to need the experience to get to that point. And he will probably get there faster than most people should. I don't know if rookie year is the year, and I think he is still going to need a couple more pieces around him in order to get that defense back up to being one of the the scary like plan for them defenses that they used to be because they used to just beat people up, and it was a defense that when you saw them on the calendar, like you you were like, oh, how are we going to beat them? I mean, their defense is just so bad now, though, and their secondary is trash. Like, when Joe Hayden now is your best secondary guy, that's not good. Because eh. it ain't Terrell Edmonds yet. Could be. Wait, Joe Hayden now or Joe Hayden eight years ago? <laughs> now. Not great. I'm surprised you have them so bad, Brad, because there's a guy on their team who, I don't know if I can say it, Olasun Kanmi. Aden Lil. Oh, do I have another? That's a fantastic. It's oh, hard did that bracket say. just get expanded to fourteen hundred and sixty-seven players? I mean, I don't. That's the thing, though, with their defense. We were talking about it earlier with the Ravens. A good pass rush can make a bad secondary look really good. And say what you want about. The Steelers' secondary, their pass rush is still really good. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Mark Barron playing linebacker. Mark Barron has a good good, but it's not that impressive. I mean, that's Mark Barron, Brad. (laughs) I mean, do they have do they have Miles Garrett? No, but other than Miles Garrett, what team in that division has an outstanding pass rusher? Nobody. The next best ones play for the Steelers. Is TJ Watt the second best pass rusher in the division, though? Him and Hayward got to be two and three. Uh, I don't, can you do you really consider Hayward a pass rusher? Because he's he's inside usually. I mean, yeah, he gets pressure from inside. Yeah. You mean I was going to say sacks, you, you can be a pass rusher from inside if you're putting pressure on the quarterback. Generally, interior defensive linemen are more you know run stoppers and gap fillers but 
I, so, I would call you a pass rusher if you're putting pressure on the quarterback. You still got Bud Dupree rushing off the edge. Yeah. And oh. then you then you throw in I just freaking brain farted on his name. Who are we talking about? Middle linebacker drafted Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Then you put Bush in the middle. Bush had freaking ten tackles tonight. He was everywhere. It's a preseason it game. Yeah, but he's recognition. Even then, as a rookie in his first preseason game. Meh. So, so you, are you guys going to make a bet on uh, the record for this team? Because six wins, that's a pretty big difference. I'm trying to think. Should what bet did the, we have? Me and you? Yeah. We, we have a bet on over-under. We have a bet on... Should we put a dinner bet? Oh, on? Titans. Yeah. Should we put a dinner bet on... I'll even give you ten wins, over-under ten wins. Or make it nine and a half. What does Vegas have them at? Nine? Nine and a half. They have them as the favorite. Yeah, Vegas has them as the favorite in this division at nine and a half. Yeah. And so, tied with the Browns on Super Bowl odds at 20 to 1. So if we go dinner bet at nine and a half, yeah. I'll take the over. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a wrench in that. Is this the first bet? or Is this the only active bet you guys have? Between me and Landon? We'll have another one later in the year. Uh, Like a week from now or two weeks? Well, we already have one on that one, me and Landon, because we're the ones that disagree on it the most. Wait, on the the one I'm thinking of? The Panthers play the Titans this year. Oh, that's what you're talking about? You guys set a dinner bet on this? Yeah, we'll set a dinner bet on that. Brad, if you're talking about the Titans, Landon and I already have a bet on that one because we're the furthest apart. Oh, you have the same record as I do. Maybe you changed it. No. I thought you had them at a little bit different. Oh, well, we'll get into that one next yeah. time when we record. Um, yeah, so, just... so, Landon, you got yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to get angry. Yeah, good. Um, so, you got the Steelers at 12 and 4. Ooh. Uh, you have a lot of teams. At wow. 12 wins. I may have to give the Steelers a couple more wins because not only do they have... Uh, Chakumwa Okarafor. That's a name. They also have Olasunkanami Adelnyemilavu. The one I tried to say? Yeah. yeah. And Tuzar Skipper. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know how you can vote against Th- those three guys being on that roster. Boom. 12 wins <laughs> just from the names. So, Lannon is the only one without the Ravens. Not to mention Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. which is an amazing name, and the even only though one, we went to USC. And the only one with Should the Should I just Steelers. keep cutting Chris off? Sure. I'm used to it. <laughs> Correct. Wait, everyone has the Ravens in the playoffs but me? Everyone else has them with 11 wins. That's like an automatic playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're Lannon and you think you have to have 11 wins to get into the playoffs. Hey, if you're not top 10, uh, are we going to have the same style bet as we did last year with the double digity wins playoffs thing? We can talk about it when we get to the playoff episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looks like this should be a pretty good division, at least with the top three teams. And then you get to laugh. seems like this division it's just always got a team from Ohio that people get to laugh at every week. <laughs> I was talking to someone about the um, the whole 18 games in the NFL thing. Yeah. And I was like, I oh. came up with a 
I came up with a solution, and I was like, well, I don't like having an even number of games. I think they should do 17 games, so you either have a winning record or a losing record. And I know that would be kind of weird with, like, some teams would have one more home game or one more uh, yeah. road game, and then that would be sort of not fair. So I said, let's let's make one game a neutral field uh, so that way... You know, one, you're not robbing a team from a home game if you go play in London, because that's kind of crap. Uh, one of the teams that plays in London loses a home game. Mm-hmm. But I was like, then you could also go play a game in, like, Montana or somewhere that they don't really get to see. Like, they have to drive to Wisconsin to go see a pro football game. And I was like, you could even go to Cincinnati and those guys could watch a pro football team once. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was an incredibly long setup to that joke. No, I <laughs> told that joke. This is the greatest joke of my life. Okay. But also, that is my suggestion. I don't like... They were talking about uh, in this upcoming CBA uh, going to 18 games mm-hmm. and all that. I do think they should make it an odd number. One, it'd be easier to transition to. And two, um, then... You either have a winning record or a losing record. No more eight and eight. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind eight and eight, but I don't like ties. I'm American. If you like ties, you can watch soccer in London. And on that note, <laughs> I think that is going to be the end of the AFC North Late Night Shots podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, go to Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon. It's Late Night Shots. Uh, we're on Spotify. What was the one that just popped up? We we're on something radio. Yeah, uh, we're uh, home radio. We are now on Radio Public as well as Spotify. Uh, we should be on iTunes soon, and once we are, we'll make sure to post it. So head to Late Night Shots on Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon to check out our stuff. Ah.